0: What did we just watch, Amy?
1: We just watched Douglas, Hannah Gadsby's stand up special on Netflix right now. Her
0: second one on Netflix. Second one. She had one on Netflix a year ago,
1: roughly. Yeah. I don't know. Time? It was in the past. It It was was in the before time. Before time. time. The before before time. time,
0: there was a special that Hannah Gadsby did called Nanette, which is very famous for lots of very good reasons. Yes.
1: Yes. And really made. Oh, cultural wave. I don't think that anyone was expecting. Certainly not Hannah no, Gadsby. No.
0: Least of all Hannah Gadsby. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: she she did not, I think, expect for it to be as successful as it was. Although I'm certainly glad it was.
1: Yes. So we get to hear more. We
0: get to hear more work of hers.
1: Because uh, Nanette was her farewell.
0: Yeah. To yeah. stand-up comedy. She was quitting stand-up comedy. That was the thesis of Nanette. Yeah. And
1: she didn't. <laughs> well, but maybe she did in that she's really been embracing the storyteller act. Yes. The one, like the one-woman show kind of way. Yeah,
0: I really wanted to go see like what her previous work looks like. Yes. Because I think th- it's interesting to see, like, okay, we have Nanette as this like singular moment of stand-up comedy that, yeah. that nothing else is really like. I think yeah. the closest thing that comes to that... Is like um, Tignataro's special live, mm-hmm. um, which is structurally very different, but thematically very much but about
1: it's telling a trauma. story with comedy. Yeah, and telling things that are traumatic.
0: Yeah, and and, and kind of living in that trauma,
1: um, and yet still finding laughter. Yeah, in it.
0: Um, so yeah, no, that's real good. You'll watch that. That's our official review. <laughs>
1: We're not reviewing Nanette this week, no, which we haven't about... seen since that came out in the before yes, time. Yes, in the before time. A year or two yeah. ago. But so we this... did just
0: finally get around to watching Douglas, which I was really excited to watch. Yes. And is, is in a sense, her follow-up to Nanette, but in a, in a lot of ways really is just another comedy special.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, I think I think she had to sort of deal with, and it shows in the In the performance, like, I don't know what to do after Nanette.
1: (laughs) Yeah. She had to
0: answer that question.
1: And and she's talking about some of the uh, response Mm -hmm. to Nanette, some confusion. Also uh, saying she got out all her trauma. She doesn't have any more trauma (laughs) to talk about. Um, she put it all in the one show. Yeah. Now, now, what do you want? What do you want now? Yeah, uh, that's
0: that's I think one of the best like opening moments. Like if you came here because you saw Nanette, why?
1: <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing here? Well, and so there there is self-deprecation. Yes. In a diff- if you saw Nanette, it has to do with like self-deprecation mm-hmm. and realizing that that's not like the way that she was doing it was not. Agential, yes, or
0: and was uh, harmful to her, yes, um, yes. That is that is very much the case. And Nanette is about deconstructing that idea of what even is a joke. What yeah. is even a joke when it's about trauma in this in you know this person's life and in her experiences, and then freezing that in time, and what does that do?
1: Yeah. So I guess. Douglas is less of herself for deprecating and more deprecating the audience. Yes. <laughs> Both the fans and the haters. Yes.
0: She's she's directing her comedy outward.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. At, at, as she puts it, Americans and the patriarchy. Just some gentle needling. Don't take it too hard. Don't, don't take it too seriously. <laughs> yeah. So I thoroughly enjoyed this. I was very, very... Happy with it. It made me laugh a lot, which I expected it to, because she is a very funny comedian. She's been doing this for a very long time. I think it's it's important, and she even mentions it, like you know, doing Douglas is her her difficult second album, but also her tenth album,
1: because <laughs> she was around long before. Yes, she's
0: been doing stand up for a very long time. Um, she just didn't have the the visibility that she does now because of, yeah. of Nanette being. What it was,
1: now, I will say. I laughed less, not because it was funny, but because there was so much going on. My brain was trying to unpack the layers in the moment, and uh. that did not work out well
0: <laughs> for my brain. To be fair, this is an expertly constructed,
1: set. yeah, yeah. So my brain was trying to like it, find it funny, deconstruct the layers, think about the dramaturgy of it, how yeah. things are structured, and brains can't do all that. It's a lot.
0: At it's a lot. I was thinking about it in comparison to something like, um, for a very, very long time, my favorite stand-up comedians were folks like Stephen Wright or um, Dimitri Martin or the third guy whose name, all one-liners is the, the point I'm trying to make, is the be the, the very, like, I, I and I still dig very clever one-liners. You know, set up punchline, that's it. Mitch Hedberg that's the third one I can think of um, and I still really enjoy those but each of those jokes is completely separate from all of the other jokes there is while there is an order that they're presented in in an album there is no deliberate structuring as a comedy set it's its you're basically going on stage and reading a joke book which can be fun and very mm-hmm. exciting and very interesting um, but I've really come to appreciate the stand up comedians like hannah gadsby i think like um mike berbiglia who structure their stand-up as a piece of art and as a c- collective unit
1: well they're very reminiscent just of personal essays yes yeah. yeah. in, in the written world yes uh just here it's and even, I mean, even personal essays can have a lot of laughter. Yeah. Oh yeah. Of even about the tragic, most tragic of situations. Mm-hmm. But here you also have um, the ability for some set mm-hmm. um, movement to read that into yeah. it. Performance, right? The performance um, of it, rather than just the mic and the body mm-hmm. of the person standing on stage. Yeah. Um, I think this is another place where genre labels fail.
0: Yeah, and she makes fun of that to a certain extent in this show.
1: (laughs) Right. A lot of people are trying to hate on her because this isn't stand-up comedy. comedy.
0: This is a monologue.
1: Okay. (laughs) And?
0: A one-woman show.
1: (laughs) Like uh, like a super-duper TED Talk. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um... Which yeah, I think I think genres can be very helpful mm-hmm. in largely separating out things, but they can be super harmful if you start like by the letter. Yes. It must be into this <laughs> genre. So I it has of... a it has a very quick limit for how, how yeah. helpful genres are.
0: It's the the what is it neoclassics in theater that took the like unities and made them mandatory rather than Aristotle saying, like, hey, these plays tend to take place in a single time, place, and with a singular plot. Yep. And the neoclassists went, all plays must take place in a singular <laughs> in time. 24
1: hours in the same, <laughs> same place. place
0: with a single through line of plot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And even Aristotle would be like,
1: no, I, yes. I was just describing what
0: happened. No, what <laughs> yes, so well, when genre becomes that, it's. Don't a let a genre
1: become a burden yes. to your art.
0: Um, which she certainly does not do. Um, although I... I, Yeah, I think I love this piece because of how immaculately constructed it is. As, as was Nanette. Um, but the fact that she was able to... Tell us everything about the show in advance. And still... Surprise me the entire time. Because <laughs> the first ten minutes of the show... Is her sort of reacting to, like, why are you here? And let me set expectations. And so she then describes the rest of the hour, or hour and 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wrote them all down as she happened, and the, I, because I'm the kind of person who's going to take notes over a comedy special, like being able to track and go, oh, we're at this part now. Or, oh, that's not what I expected this to be when she said she was going to do this. <laughs>
1: well, he has a sign of good writing yeah. when... Uh, you know, in academia, we're always talking about signposting mm-hmm. your your parts. Yes. So the reader kind of knows where you're going. They're kind of getting an outline as mm-hmm. they're reading the article. And and she was signposting at the beginning. Oh, yeah. And, that, you know, a good signpost should tell you the direction you're going to go as the reader or the viewer. Mm-hmm. But it's not telling you everything. Because otherwise, you wouldn't need to
0: yeah. <laughs> you write would, this you, whole it big would be the essay
1: <laughs> thing. Well, in my little type A perfectionist brain yeah. really enjoys having the whole structure of something laid out for <laughs> me before. It's like, oh good i know
0: what i'm gonna get okay well that immediately
1: gives me parameters of to watch because i can think of does it hit this does it hit that yeah. how does it do it differently than i expect yeah and
0: it's also weirdly a a intentional or otherwise like evisceration of spoiler culture like She talked about the Louis C.K. joke being sort of the the prime example of like, I'm going to tell you that I'm going to tell you Louis C.K. joke. You're going to know it's coming. You're going to forget that it's coming. And then you're going to go, oh, oh, Uh. and now I've added that on top of it. So you're going to remember this moment where I told you you were going to do that. And now it's even funnier. (laughs) It's a layer cake of joke. Yeah. And she was right. And she did. And because it was well constructed, like being able to tell you that it's going to be funny and that it's going to work enhancing it and knowing the spoiler so to speak works really well in a in an argument against like spoiler phobia in a lot of ways Um, the same way she talked about being autistic um, which is a major theme of the show and she talks about like how She's going to structure the show so she tells you that she's autistic at, a, at, at the you know, emotional high point of it. And it will make you look at everything in the past differently. Except she's clearly telling us right yeah. now, robbing that moment of power, but also like making it a joke when she does it. <laughs>
1: Well, then you're, of course, watching from the beginning for yes. the clues to autism and...
0: And the way she interacts with the world. Uh,
1: so. Well, and I was kind of also, like, holding my breath to the part where she started explicitly talking about
0: uh, autism? autism. yes. Like, what was she going to say
1: <laughs> about how did she see herself and mm-hmm. fit herself, uh, those experiences, and, and going, oh, okay. Yeah. That that is from being on the spectrum.
0: Yeah, the dog park story I think was a really good example, of which which she's like I'm going to tell you this story and it's going to set up all of the major themes of the rest of this show. <laughs> um, it's her gentle gentle kneading of the patriarchy, which eventually comes in, grows up into tearing patriarchy a new asshole. <laughs>
1: Which is a theme from Nanette, about oh, a yeah, theme absolutely. in previous comedy as well. Um, I liked her observational humor of Americans. Um, that it was kind, but it was also that was an example of like self, not self-deprecating the audience. Yes, a little bit of a roasting. Yeah, yeah, to some extent. She's but not. Like, not have mean. you ever noticed
0: that Americans aren't that stupid? Yeah. <laughs> They're just confident.
1: <laughs> it's very hard to do a roast without just like...
0: Being insulting.
1: Being insulting and yeah. being mean. Um, but, yeah, it becomes meta-commentary on some of the words she chose to use that are in the Australian oh, vernacular yeah. uh, and not in the U.S. Ow. vernacular. We learned all about fannies. Fannies. Um, and I, jumpers and Waldo. Well, I really uh, have question about fannies. After all of the people named Fanny.
0: <laughs> and how, it's a much more common British name than it is. I feel like it's a more common British name. Maybe it's not.
1: I, or Australian. Well, there's like yeah. Fanny, uh, the musical, the performer, Fanny. Hello I don't Dolly. know. Hello, Dolly. Isn't her name Fanny?
0: I don't know. Her name's not Dolly?
1: Her name it's not Dolly okay um all right, all right anyways well and of course you have like Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac we do um <laughs> and that one also came to mind yes no her name is Dolly there, all right I'm not it's not important it's just a name <laughs> that people name their children yes Fannie
0: they do which has got to be particularly difficult if you have the other
1: meaning <laughs> meaning of Fanny. um
0: yeah, but yeah, the fanny joke was one of those things that has so many layers that keep showing up over the course of the uh, the show. And, you know, she never met a joke that she didn't want to call back. Um, yeah. Of which there were many, many layers and callbacks.
1: Right. Just in case you haven't watched it and would like to know, that in U.S. we use fanny to mean but. But in Australia, maybe... England? No, it's
0: definitely in England as anyway. well, because I've, I've, I've encountered that in England as well, it's in English your, literature.
1: your front fanny, I yeah. believe is how she phrased <laughs> yes, it. The,
0: the front butt.
1: The front butt. <laughs> how confused she was to read about children that slid down the hill on their fannies. Yes. <laughs> how do you... Where do you put that, your knees? <laughs> how, does, how does that work?
0: Yes, very funny.
1: Um, also, the puns. So many puns. So she tells you from the start it's going to be f- <laughs> puns. I like that she said, met, met a pun. She's yeah, like, she's I've like, never, never met, met, met a pun. pun. And yes. then she's like, I ne- a meta. Met, meta a style. meta pun. Um, yeah. I liked it in her title of the dog park as the curious instance in the dog park in the daytime. Yes. Right? That's <laughs> the play on um, the curious, curious incident.
0: incident of the dog in the night. There's no dog park in that one, but yes, yeah, it's just a dog. Um, Or how? Again, just I mean, this this shouldn't just be a list of us listing all the good jokes, but it kind of might be. (laughs) The talking about how she snacks on the hatred on the haters. Mm -hmm. She snacks on a little bit, and then uses that. She does that two or three times, and then uses that as a callback to the anti vaxxers It's like you figure out why I do that? It's microdosing. It's the it's the vaccination yeah. against the larger viruses
1: <laughs> that just builds over the course yeah. of the show. I guess maybe while I was watching it yesterday, I was going, "I need to watch this again, again," because my brain was trying to do all the work. Yes, in one spot. Because um, there's a lot
0: going on in this thing.
1: Um. But yeah, she calls it heat beating. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baiter haters <laughs> just, and like, just put some bait, bait out here yep. for you. <laughs> You're gonna come out for this. I know you are. I know you are. Um, I liked her section where she's talking about jokes and calling out uh, basically the white men who were like, "It's just a joke." <laughs> yeah. uh, just because you were offended by it, it was just a joke, and your offense is really like illogical. Um.
0: Yes. It was the golden rule of comedy. I wrote down that there was a thing about that. I don't remember what it was.
1: I think it was that minorities don't matter. Yeah, I think that I was that, I think I that wrote was that the down. bit
0: Yes. That was the the joke, the truth.
1: And if you were offended, you're just too sensitive and yeah. can't take a joke. Yes. Um, Which is also in its own like meta way, calling up the haters.
0: Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> Like, it's just because jokes. Why did you take it so seriously? Can't. <laughs> Why did you take my evisceration of comedy as an entire structural reinforcement of harmful beliefs seriously?
1: Which is sarcasm. Yes. She is not actually saying. No.
0: She wanted you to take it seriously. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was the point of Nanette. She's like, I did it on purpose. Uh, I liked the bits about Hogwarts <laughs> and the famous Renaissance painters as Hogwarts houses. <laughs> and the uh, 2009 line, Hermione's a Turf, <laughs> which, um, like, ow! Ah, sorry, cat's cat just cat. biting my leg real hard. Um, like, the signs about J.K. Rowling being a Turf have been there for a while.
1: yeah,
0: But in this... The year twenty twenty, um, she has gone full
1: full, full on turf, turf,
0: full all the way. Um, so we we it. and I I'm not surprised that Hannah Gadsby was aware or or you know poking at that by calling Hermione a turf. Although honestly, Hermione's probably a turf.
1: <laughs> Makes us have to go back and yeah. rethink through all <laughs> of Harry Potter. Uh, yeah, I did like. Uh, th- I knew there was a lot of art history in nanette mm-hmm. and she still found things to talk about in this one about art history, which makes sense. There's like three thousand years of art West, history, Western <laughs> art history. To talk and that's, about, she's
0: talked about internet. That was she has a degree in that. Like she went to school yeah. for that, so she has a lot to say about it.
1: But I enjoyed it with the PowerPoint yeah uh, whatever projections
0: of uh, various um, art and pointing and out things pointing out
1: <laughs> parts um
0: the whole bit about the saint i was unaware of this as a as a collection of of artistic things of yeah, uh, no, I didn't saint know that bernard
1: story who that saint.
0: was lactated upon by the virgin mary yeah. in a dream mm-hmm. and then he got to be a saint
1: <laughs> But all the pictures of it are not like him suckling her breast. It's like like a water gun. She's like shooting (laughs) milk into his mouth.
0: Yes, at quite a distance.
1: (laughs) Art's weird. Art's weird. Patriarchy's weird.
0: And she, she did something that I think, I feel like a lot of art history and stuff that I have read... Um, ignores, but she pointed out, like this was a choice.
1: Yeah, this I, is it's...
0: not a photograph. <laughs> Someone, a man, decided this is what this should look like, yeah. <laughs> which I think I think gets ignored in a yeah. lot of, particularly like history of painting and yeah. things like that. It's like we look at it as what does this image represent, not like some dude wanted to paint a lot of naked women. Yeah.
1: With odd pieces of clothing, yeah. hitting odd parts of the body, and yeah. then random babies in flailing positions.
0: <laughs> and a tiny lion.
1: In disproportion to the adults around them.
0: I think this was a choice. I will say, um, I was a little worried when she started going after the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, as that one hit a little close to home for me. Mm-hmm. Because I love the Ninja Turtles. Um. And she was talking about the Ninja Turtles were something that makes her absolutely livid and puff up like a pufferfish. And to be fair, I don't disagree with her arguments, but <laughs> I was like, oh no, she's coming for me! Me, the white men! I'm going to be attacked!
1: Well, exactly. Because would like seven year old you been able to ha- handle Titian? No. Which starts with tit? No! Exactly. She really came for you. She came back right at me. She gotcha. I have been red. <laughs> just because she's right the joke is donatello doesn't fit in because donatello died before the renaissance Renaissance started yes so the fourth one should have been named titian (laughs) but little boys can't handle Mm -mm. a name that starts with tit tit. i'm
0: not laughing at tit i'm laughing at her making fun of me (laughs) because she's right
1: Which he also raised into the boys will be boys culture. Oh, yeah. Like proof that boys do have emotions, and they do have hormones, and they do get hormonal. Yes, <laughs> that's the problem. I mean, problem. <laughs> especially if we're going to define hormonal as the strong expression of emotions. emotions. Which I I don't think, I don't know endocrinolo- endocrinologist, I, I can't say it.
0: Endocrinology?
1: from speaking from an endocrinology point of view gotcha more homo- hormones means more emotions i i question that <laughs> felicity <sighs> almost fell off the table ow ow and is now rubbing on the microphone yeah you were
0: asleep when we started recording this podcast yeah.
1: so if you hear
0: if you things. hear things it's our cat
1: oh, that's a cat being being trouble
0: uh, but, yeah, yes, she's hitting lots of notes she's
1: hitting, and they keep coming back. Yes. And and being layered without being repetitive. Yeah. Um, talking about the misogyny of emotional equaling hormonal mm-hmm. um, and not applying it to men and boys while being examined by a male OBGYN who is. Not not being helpful
0: to his patient.
1: <laughs> no, and dismissing her, yeah. like concerns and ideas about her own body. Yeah, um, it all goes together. Yeah,
0: or the which again ties back to the dog park story of when um, a stranger comes up to her and says, "You know, it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile." To which. Um, she she exclaims. All of the men in the audience just said, "Oh no, you have been, you've encountered an isolated incident." <laughs> and all of the women went,
1: "Ugh." And she points out that the ones who use the hashtag, not all men, are yeah, the men. Yeah,
0: it's not all men. It's just the ones that use the hashtag. <laughs> Which yeah yeah,
1: but that actually isn't the incident that happens. It starts the incident in the dog park. Yes.
0: Um. Now the dog park gets more complicated, and I learned some cool things about anatomy that I didn't know about.
1: (laughs) Again, names invented by men. Invented
0: by men. Everything has been named by men. The pouch of Douglas.
1: (laughs) Cool, cool, cool. Cool, 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 cool. it is about her autism but it's not a lot about her autism it's sometimes
0: it's not about like i've been diagnosed with autism and this is what i'm like yeah it is i have always encountered the world this way and now i know that i have a name i have a name for the way that i have always interacted with the world because the show is really about her interacting with the world the dog park story or the penguin in the box story which was hilarious (laughs) and and how sort of getting a diagnosis put a lot of that into perspective which i think is part of the reason why she tells us very early on and Mm -hmm. then pretends like it's going to be a big reveal later like you don't know that yet but you do and because i think when we hear like it's a show about autism we
1: expect these are my symptoms. This is yes. how I got diagnosed. This, this is how is, I'm coping with it yeah. now.
0: Which is funny because I I'm now thinking about um Spalding Gray has a monologue because he was not a stand-up comedian because he sat down the whole time. Um
1: Okay, genre. <laughs> no, I'm I'm being facetious. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a different word than police, but <laughs> genre boundary makers
0: gatekeepers i think that's i like gatekeepers. that keepers um, he was a sit-down comedian also his jokes weren't very funny uh but no spalding gray has a monologue a performance called gray's anatomy which is very much about him getting diagnosed with an illness mm-hmm. and then like the treatment options he explores and all of that sort of stuff um and it's almost the opposite of this in a lot of ways in that Douglas gives us this perspective on the world and then uses the diagnosis to sort of color in that space. Whereas Grey's Anatomy is like, this is the diagnosis and my perspective colors that experience. And that's why it's interesting is because of his perspective on the world rather than the other way around, which is an interesting like commentary or interesting to think about in terms of like centralized, what gets centralized in a narrative. Um, and it is a quietly radical act for Hannah Gadsby to decentralize the diagnosis in this story, mm-hmm. when we very much expect it to be about
1: that. Well, and from the stand-up special alone, having no other information, it seems like it filled in the gap of how she understood herself, but it oh, yeah. changed how she treats herself.
0: Yes. Which I think is the other sort of thing people expect when you get like an autism diagnosis, or any any sort of mental illness diagnosis. It's like, oh, the world has to, I have to change myself in the world now. It's like, no, you're the same person you were 20 minutes ago. You just know more.
1: Well, I definitely feel like I have to change myself for the world with well, mental health issues, because otherwise I won't function. Well, and yes. I very much would like to function in yeah. the world. She makes that
0: joke, too. She's like, technically I'm a high-functioning autism, high-functioning autism which is ridiculous, because it implies that I function.
1: <laughs> I don't
0: know that I have a lot more to say about I it. I than- did
1: When she laid yeah. out in the beginning, she was going to lay out um, misdiagnosis in a doctor's office, uh-huh. probably due to misogyny. I did think that that was going to be autism, mm-hmm. because there's such an underdiagnosis in women Yes, for it. But it wasn't. I mean...
0: Although, to be fair, she did make it into her 40s before being diagnosed. So. Oh, right. So there's,
1: there's got to be a story there. Um, no, but it was just, you know, the just regular the normal, every OBGYN. Day, was every like, day
0: misdiagnosis due to misogyny.
1: Just uh, take this pill that makes you feel real bad.
0: The pill.
1: <laughs> the pill. Not just any pill. It's the pill. The pill. The pill. Yes. Um, yes. It's, but it's a short mic drop ending but carefully placed on the floor um yes
0: also it's rude to all the sound technicians to do a mic
1: drop yes don't do that yes but also as someone who also really dislikes loud noises (laughs) i get it i get it
0: appreciate that decision to just gently place it yes on the floor yeah
1: Well, yeah, a, heck watch of a good special yeah 72 minutes ish
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then you can watch it again yeah to get more of and, the And watch it it's yeah. also really good yeah yeah
0: <laughs> yeah i wish i wish more of her stuff had been recorded i was looking around doesn't look really like she'd put out like albums or anything like she was pretty unknown not in the sense that she wasn't like known by people in the comedy festival circuit because she'd been doing those for a decade or more but the idea that we didn't get it recorded. I wanted to see. <laughs>
1: well, I mean, we can also have the conversation of how Netflix has completely changed, like, the stand-up world mm-hmm. and the stand-ups that large audiences now have access to, or the other way around of how comedians now have access to mm-hmm. larger, larger audiences. Yes. Both and of those so are very true. It's not just the, like, standard ones we would get on Comedy Central mm-hmm. and HBO mm-hmm. from, from time to time. There are more... Yeah lesser known more like coming up
0: oh we need to watch um there is one on hbo that i've been meaning to watch with um i'm gonna forget his name cool the brother on the carmichael show
1: Rel howry
0: yes he's got a stand-up special on hbo that's apparently real good that would be um just on my list of things anyway because hbo for for a very long time hbo was sort of the the high point of the stand-up comedy special um most of the best stand-up comedy specials for a couple decades was were only available on hbo and then maybe Mm -hmm. would get a home video release later um netflix has by sheer fact of throwing more money at more comedians become that to a larger audience yeah
1: and at the same time, they've ser- they screwed over women oh, real yeah. bad. There and is- I think Monique-, Monique is getting making progress in the court system. Yes. with her case against them yes. right now.
0: That just came out uh, this week. That her basically Netflix was trying to get the case thrown out and say, you know, we were arguing in good faith, and she wasn't. And the courts ruled on that and said no she's got standing for a lawsuit it doesn't prove one way or the other that she's going to come out in in you know and win the lawsuit um but i am certainly on her side when it comes to this sort of stuff because she was offered you know five hundred thousand for a stand-up special when like amy schumer was offered 26 million or something like that or 13 million um and monique has been doing comedy a whole lot longer than stand than um Not to, like, pit Monique against Amy Schumer, um, but just, like, Monique's got an Oscar. Monique is is a comedy giant. Yeah. And Netflix was unwilling to negotiate when she made that claim.
1: (laughs) I feel like, but also, making me think, they're grossly... um, So there's certainly racial... And gender bias happening, and how they—oh, uh, yes,
0: in in what they promote out, and out. how they pay out. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Because I'm sh- like Amy Schumer may have been making 13 million, but we know that like other oh, yeah. men, well, are and making- they got they got
0: uh, like Seinfeld to come back to stand-ups. Seinfeld yeah. didn't stand up forever, and they got him enough money to do that. Or they did a Louis C.K. special or two for a while. Um. Or. Did they? Well, he was self-releasing for a while. I don't know if he actually ended up having a new one on Netflix or not. Um, They gave... um, Dave Chappelle has now gotten three stand-up specials out of them. Um, I I hear his new one is pretty good. I haven't watched it. Mainly because Dave Chappelle's perspective on on trans people and his transphobia are something he's unwilling to deal with or acknowledge and so i'm less interested in hearing what he has to say about anything right now yeah Um, but and to netflix's credit they have done a good job of not to put aside the racism because you can't put aside the racism giving a platform to a lot of smaller comedians as well they have a lot of shows that are showcases for you know 15 minute sets from people Mm -hmm. who couldn't get in front of an audience the netflix's size any other way um, and I appreciate that. And there are definitely some good comics that I've seen when I've watched those. Because sometimes I mean, it's fun to put, put on a 15 minute comedy special instead of an hour and 20 minutes or whatever.
1: <laughs> well, it certainly gets your work out there faster.
0: Yes. Because, you know, having a solid 15 is an accomplishment months in and of itself. And months yeah. of work. Um, So being able to even get that in front of a crowd the size of Netflix's potential audience is a big deal. Yeah, lots of really good comedies come out on Netflix, and I really appreciate that. Um, Although, some of the best comedy specials that we've watched recently weren't on Netflix. Um, I think of Maria Bamford's Weaknesses of the the Brand. That was, was, well, originally it wasn't streaming anywhere. Like, you had to pay for Mm -hmm. it. Um, After a period of exclusivity, it was available on Prime, which is how you watched it. Um, Yeah, there's... there's, uh, Cameron Esposito's last special, mm-hmm. Rape, Rape Jokes, Joke. um, which is available for free at com for anyone who wa- wants to watch it. Um, and she encourages you to make a donation to Rain um, for sexual Did we survivals. watch it
1: from her website or did we watch it from Prime? We watched it from her website. Okay. I airstreamed no, no it
0: from my phone. Or
1: uh, and then, like, Tignataro, mm-hmm. she's been on Netflix. She
0: has. She's gotten some Netflix specials. There's just lots of good comedy out there right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Lots of really good comedy out there. Um, yeah, Birbiglia's was on Netflix, now that I'm thinking about it. The new one was real good. I think that might have been his best show since My Girlfriend's Boyfriend, which I think was two or three specials ago, if we're going to rank them, which we don't need to. it's not, not the point. Mm-mm. But I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, go watch some stand-up. Yeah. And don't care if it's called stand-up or not so not important take it from a a guy take it from a guy who cared a lot about it for way too long (laughs) that's not stand-up that is stand-up i was that guy
1: it doesn't matter it doesn't just enjoy enjoy the thing (laughs) you didn't enjoy it it's not because it's not stand-up because you didn't there were other reasons you may not have enjoyed it
0: but i thoroughly enjoyed douglas
1: me too i'm glad we watch it. Another thing, I really appreciate Hannah Gatsby's naming conventions because she always names the show before she writes it. Yes. And it's always about Something. random.
0: <laughs> yeah. And Annette not has nothing to do It's not
1: themed to the show she's imagining writing. It's yes. just, we're going to call this one Douglas. Yeah. Well, and as I understand it, she doesn't, she
0: writes her shows on stage to a large extent. Um, she goes and does festivals all over the place. And so she goes and like, works her material and hones it over show after show she's not the sort of comedian of which there are some who will sit down write a special and then go take it on the road okay. she she works it on the road so i think it'd be really fun again once you know the before times are back to normal which will never happen again to be like be able to go see her in progress
1: yes but even in the now times yeah Uh, comics are getting really creative about how to get their work in front of audiences from home and so those are available
0: I've been trying to get I'm not trying real hard but Maria Bamford has been doing solo Zoom shows to work out her new material so she's like if you're the first person to respond to this tweet and you want to see me work material on Zoom in front of an audience like respond and I'll do a direct Zoom meeting with you (laughs) Which I think is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and she's done larger Zoom shows as well. Um, Cameron Esposito did a Zoom show. Um, a number of comedians have done online performances. Um, we're seeing more social distance performances as well. There's lots of comedians out there doing lots of really interesting things within the the Quarantimes.
1: Yeah. The, the now times. Yeah. The Quarantimes. Uh, so follow them. Follow them. Seek them out. Yeah. And then... Oh. We need to
0: watch Maria Bamford's show eventually.
1: <laughs> oh, the now one that... Na- I,
0: yeah, now that I'm on her wavelength in a way that I wasn't. I'm not sure that I'm...
1: <laughs> She's strange. She is. I, I I. don't know. I'm working my way up to what we do in the shadows, of the, oh, uh, and it, which I first thought was like, nope, this is this is on my too wacky, too wacky <laughs> side for Amy. We've watched, what, two now, three now? I, now I, I'm like, I'm getting into it. Yeah. But that first pilot was like, Whoa, "What this is weird?" This? <laughs> weird is not bad, but weird is not for Amy. Yeah, weird
0: is not always the thing that you come up. You're excited about.
1: Yeah,
0: I'll watch things just because they're weird. Yeah. <laughs> Any other last thoughts?
1: I think that's it go yeah go watch see count it.
0: good stand up there's lots of it out there
1: make you laugh we need laughter right now
0: absolutely
1: even and especially when it's making a political commentary yes
0: all art is political and some art some of the best art is very political
1: mm-hmm. yeah. so I think we're gonna take our cat and we're gonna Ow. go play with her yeah <laughs>
0: Gonna go play with our cat. All right, say goodnight, Amy.
1: <laughs> goodnight, Amy.